Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. By the way, it is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time for Friday. And, uh, man, have we got a lot to cover in the broadcast. In fact, yesterday's show was so busy with two incredible guests, I didn't even have time to cover the recap for Wednesday. So if you missed Wednesday's show, I'm telling you, it was a great broadcast. It was Sam Bushman, uh, and I had riding shotgun on the show, um, James Edwards with me. James Edwards is well known for the discussions relating to race, politics, and hypocrisy in 21st century America, thepoliticalcesspool.org. Now, James Edwards, a talk show host in his own right, as you know, every Saturday night, his radio program is available. Uh, and thepoliticalcesspool.org to get more details for live and on-demand radio, free. Uh, anyway, we talked a lot about a bunch of different topics, two hours long. And as you know, J- James Edwards wrote the book Racism, Schmacism as well. And that book ought to be updated. He wrote it about 10 years ago. But man, is it more relevant today than it's ever been. Anyway, I digress except to say great interview with James. We talked about government funding as part of Trump's, quote, Operation Warp Speed. Yeah, basically your tax dollars shepherded vaccines through the research and development process and made, um, well, the vaccines available so fast. I say shame on Donald. You know what? Where in the Constitution does it say the government can steal our tax money, lock us all down, and then use our money to create a vaccine? And then speed it through, skipping the normal uh, checks and balances to make sure it's safe and effective, huh? Well, Sam, it's an emergency. We've got to. All right. We'll talk about that next hour in more detail. Bill Gates, believe it or not, says the coronavirus could still be a risk well into 2022. Did you hear me? Bill Gates, the computer guy, well-known philanthropist, promoter, promoter extraordinaire of vaccinations. Bill Gates, coronavirus could still be a risk well into 2022. Anthony Fauci says, quote, social distancing, masks are still necessary even after getting the vaccinations. Twitter, quote, time to say goodbye to Periscope. I guess they're shutting down their live streaming app. They've built most of the technology uh, into other Twitter services, so not necessary anymore. Bye-bye, Periscope. They say Trump will lose his current world leader status and exemptions after Joe Biden takes office on January 20th, 2021, exposing him to, quote, stricter moderation is what they call it. 
In October, believe it or not, Twitter blocked the New York Post account after the New York Post refused to delete a tweet linking to a controversial story about Hunter Biden. Yeah, Ted Cruz says that's election interference. So here's what I don't understand how people aren't arrested here. You've literally got Twitter blocking a New York Post account spreading news about Hunter Biden. Right? Senator Ted Cruz and others are saying, hey, that's election manipulation and fraud. And then you've got other senators that are saying, there's no fraud. We can't find it. I kid you not. It's amazing how one group can say there's zero evidence. Zero. And then the other group just brings out evidence line item after evidence line item after evidence line item. We're not even on the same page for discussions. Some say the sun's not rising and others say, what are you talking about? You got a sunburn, buddy. And then they're like, oh, yeah, it isn't even happening. I mean, I've never seen such dishonesty uh, in my life doubling down for the narrative of choice. All right, we talked about the credit card processing company decided to stop processing donations for the American Family Association. They did this without warning. Overnight, there is no doubt because we are a Christian ministry and we take a public moral stand on issues. Yes, we are pursuing legal remedies for this. Don Wildman explains, or I'm sorry, Tim Wildman. And uh, he's president of the American Family Association. So literally now they're shutting down the credit card transaction capabilities of the American Family Association. Now, there is a good news, a little silver lining in this piece to some degree. They say this is great news. The um, new credit card company is willing to process transactions. And the old company now, after a lot of work from attorneys, is willing to turn over the data. So it's easier to charge the credit cards, etc. That's good news, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get me wrong. It's good news, but it's, it's negative good news, not positive good news. You say, what are you talking about, Sam? I'll explain. You know what? They shut down my credit cards. I moved to a new processor. Uh, they say we won't give you the data from the old processor. Therefore, you got to start all over and collecting the information, especially if you have people a lot on m- monthly transactions, etc. You know, having everybody re-sign up is going to be very difficult. Et then they say, hey, we'll, we'll give you the information. So they got it, which is good. But it's kind of like the guy that gets sued, and then he fights, fights, spends a month's money, and then he wins, and he's not sued anymore. But he doesn't get any redress of grievance money. So, yeah, I won, but it cost me hundred grand. Did I win or did I lose? Okay, it's kind of like that, you know, song, should I stay or should I go now? If I go there, will be trouble. If I stay, it will be double, right? It's kind of like that, okay? That's what I mean. So I, I'm grateful that they won, and then they got a new credit card transaction company that could process the cards. That's great. And I'm also glad that they were able to push the old company to provide the data. Those are two good news pieces. But it's just digging out of a whole good news, right? It would have been better news if the credit card company hadn't shut them down and caused all this trouble in the first place. How much money did it cost to get lawyers to fight to get the old data moved to the new company? How much time and how much money and how much effort did it take to move to the new transaction processing company in the first place? See what I mean? So it's good news. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean to be negative about the news, but I I do want to say we are always on defense. Okay, this is a defensive good news story is what I guess I should call it, right? I mean, it's great that we fought and won and, and, and stopped them, but we had to still move to another company at great expense. We still lost time and money and effort and, and all the transactional changes. 
Okay, what about the repercussions for all that work and effort and cost and time? And Okay, what about that? So, yes, we won, and I'm grateful for that. Don't misunderstand me. But we have got to go on the offensive. It's kind of like this. Donald Trump won, man. He proved that there was no Russian collusion. Yeah, but it took four years and 30-plus million dollars. And how much negative effects did that even have going into the next election that now they say President Trump has lost, even though we say there's tons of vote fraud? Did Trump win? I guess so, because there's no collusion. There's no Russian evidence to tie President Trump to Russia in the way they claimed. So it's good news, right? But I'm saying it's, it's, it's defensive good news. It's not offensive good news, per se. Um, it would have been much better news if they wouldn't have lied in the first place, creating this fiasco that's so expensive and time-consuming, and I go on and on and on and on. Okay, so I mean, I, I understand good news, but I want to put things in perspective, and I don't mean that to be negative. I mean it to be a reality check for us patriots. <clears throat> I guess it's good news if they beat us up and we live. I'd prefer they don't beat us up. I think the good news would be if we could get along and disagree agreeably. See what I'm talking about? All right, Federal Reserve, this is a bad news piece in my opinion, joins Climate Network to cheers from the left, according to the New York Times. The Federal Reserve is joining a network of central banks and other financial regulators. They're basically working on crafting their response in the banking world, if you will, to the climate change reality, if you can call it that. Okay, again, is this good news or bad news? You know, if you care about the environment and the planet and climate change, it's great news, right? Not so fast. Okay, it isn't about taking care of the earth God gave us. Of course, we should be stewards of the earth and take care of it, right? But they're turning this into a political ploy to manipulate us. Okay, for example, the next headline says, should climate change deniers be prosecuted? Yeah, they're really talking about prosecuting those who don't believe in and who speak out against climate change. Okay, I'm a climate change denier. Not because I don't believe the climate changes, but because I don't believe the narrative they put to it, that I'm the horrible human destroying everything and everybody because I want to live my life. Because I want to have children as God asked me to do, multiply and replenish the earth. Because I want to live a life that has air conditioning in the summer and heat in the winter and all this kind of stuff. You know, I want to eat meat and I want to do all these things that they believe are negative. And if they want to attack that and make laws against my life and my lifestyle, then I push back. They say, you're a denier. We should prosecute you. George Soros invests $220 million to help, quote, realize racial equality. Group will invest $150 million into grants for what are called black-led racial groups. And another $70 million for local justice reform. Criminal justice reform, is that what they call it? Yeah. And civic engagement is what they're calling it. Wow, this is all in Wednesday's news report. How relevant it is now, huh? Quick pause. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. I am Sam Bushman. I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. 
In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to defendapatriot.com. Defendapatriot.com. Regrets? Oh, we're all going to have them. Doesn't matter who you are or what you do. At some point, you're going to wish you'd done something differently. You know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. But let me tell you a couple of things you'll never regret. You'll never regret spending extra time talking to your teenager. Trust me. You'll never regret answering your three-year-old's question about where the water in the bathtub comes from. And I've never seen anyone wish they hadn't sat in the kitchen laughing with their children and telling them goofy stories about when they were kids. Yeah, sure, we're all going to have regrets, but talking too much with our kids won't be one of them. No matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, Sam Bushman and James Edwards, who was riding shotgun on Wednesday's show, finished up the hour by talking about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have signed a multi-million dollar deal with Spotify. Yeah, to create podcasts. They created Archwell Audio, and their goal is to create these podcasts. They say content that will uplift and entertain audiences. Around the world. I hope they do. But I look at that and I kind of find that interesting. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, millions of dollars? Uh, Do we even know if they can produce a good podcast at this point? I know they're both kind of rock stars. You know, you got royalty and you got a well-known actress or whatever. But I look at it and go, why would you come out of the gate and give them millions of dollars? Wouldn't you want to see how well they do and get their sea legs under them first? Anyway, I find that kind of interesting. But I'm happy in the sense that, you know what? At least they're trying to bring uh, news forward that'll cheer people up and information that'll, you know, delight audiences and cheer people up. We need more of that. Some say that's what Liberty Roundtable Live should become. The problem is I believe we have a responsibility to bring forward news that I refuse to use and You know what? We don't really um, try to please people with this broadcast. What we try to do is bring forward the news and bring forward, uh, I would say, positive expectations and understanding. Okay? Sometimes the truth is difficult. Many would say that's negative. I would say sometimes the truth is difficult to deal with. Okay? It's not fun to hear things. For example... This story about the American Family Association and credit cards. I don't mean to be negative in saying it's a defensive good news piece. 
It is. You know, when you have a lot of trouble and then you overcome something. Let me give you an example. Ah, it's great news. I survived the coronavirus. That is great news. But wouldn't it be better news if we never got the coronavirus in the first place? See, it's that kind of deal. (laughs) And um, especially that's related to uh, the battle for liberty when folks are literally intentionally causing you trouble. um, You know, then it's different. You can't just call it great news. It's a tremendous setback, right? All right. Anyway, I digress. That's the broadcast with James Edwards on Wednesday. Still available at LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Donate liberally, would you please, if you find that broadcast worthwhile. Now, yesterday's show. Recap of that show, too. Wow. We had on two incredible guests. First one, we had on Janet Porter. You say, who is Janet Porter? Well, she's a well-known talk show host. She's an author, and Janet Porter is author of what we call the Heartbeat Bill. And uh, the Heartbeat Bill is a legislation that's been rifling across the country to protect little babies. Whenever there's a heartbeat, hey, you can't murder the baby with a live, let me say that again, a live heartbeat. So she's the author of the Heartbeat Bill. What a wonderful piece of legislation and somebody who's been really an advocate for pro-life. She's also the author of a book called A Heartbeat Away. In fact, James Dobson said this about Janet Porter. That's Dr. James Dobson to focus on the family. Janet Porter is a frontline warrior whom I respect highly. She has done as much to protect the sanctity of life as anyone I know. Wow. I'm also pleased to call her my friend. I agree with that assessment, and I'm grateful to call Janet Porter a friend as well. Anyway, she's got two websites for you to learn about, check out, get involved with. JanetPorterReport.com and F2A.org. That's Faith to Action. F2A.org. Great websites. Great gal. Doing a wonderful job. Get her book. A Heartbeat Away. Right away. Think the election is over, writes Janet Porter. Think again, Janet Porter reveals the Trump card. That is an executive order on foreign interference in elections. Rand Paul doubles down and says, voter fraud happened. The election was in many ways stolen. Janet Porter finishes up the broadcast with us. And in my opinion, this is a great line. We need high-octane high prayer that can move mountains, she says. Amen to that. We need high-octane prayer that can move mountains. Boy, howdy, is she right on that score. Uh, anyway, there you have it. There is election fraud. What I don't understand is we're not arresting anybody involved in this fraud, whether it be elections or whether it be involvement with foreign nations. And I mean, even if you sleep with a Chinese spy, there's no accountability, okay? I mean, if you're an influential person in Congress, creating national security crises everywhere. I mean, it's crazy. But, you know, our society, there's just no accountability, sadly, to say. Now, Janet and others say, Sam, you got to be patient, buddy. It's a coming. And I sure pray they're right. But, man, I've been on the radio for a long, long time, 25-plus years, right? Um, and I'm over 50 years old, and I haven't seen in my lifetime serious accountability. Nine times out of ten, the good guys go to jail and the bad guys remain free. And you can say, Sam, you're just negative. Oh, my gosh. No, it's the truth. And until we push hard enough 
to get people incensed enough to do something about it, it isn't going to change. See, repentance is change on a personal level, right? Well, if the nation is going to repent from allowing these criminals to get above us, then we need change. Change can bring about blessings. All right, so I don't mean to be negative, but I'm telling you, until we start arresting these criminals, I don't see how it can get better. They have too much control of too many systems. The media, the government, it goes on and on and on and on. All right, that was hour one yesterday. Hour two yesterday, an equally incredible guest. We had on our buddy Pete Sepp of the National Taxpayers Union. He's president of NTU.org. And NTU, ladies and gentlemen, is the voice of American taxpayers mobilizing elected officials and citizens everywhere regarding their tax relief. So um, NTU.org mobilizes on behalf of all of us about tax truth, tax accountability, etc. Now, NTU urges passage of COVID-19 relief legislation. Article was written by Brandon Arnold. And you say, Sam, what do you got socialist people on there talking about, you know, giving handouts? And no, 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 stop. The government has literally stolen the livelihoods from many Americans. All right. You can't go to your restaurant. You can't open your business. You can't open your skating rink. You can't, whatever the case may be. How are these people going to make a living if you do that? So I'm not for handing out money. But I will go back to the example I used yesterday regarding the Constitution with land. If the United States government, federal government, wants land in a given state, it has to be for a specifically defined, articulated purpose in the Constitution. And if that purpose is justified, they can go to a state, work together to identify some land, and then if the state agrees, then the government can buy the land for a just price, a fair price, fair compensation, if you will. Well, that's what needs to happen here. If you're going to shut down a business by mandate of government, There's an obligation to make sure that uh, somebody is made whole for that. Now, I don't like the taxpayers being on the hook for this at all. That's why we, the people, need to double down and reject these politicians that are doing this in the first place. Okay, we shouldn't be locking down over the coronavirus. We shouldn't be melting down and stealing people's businesses and providing socialist handouts and talking about, um, you know, universal basic incomes and, you know, everybody gets a government check and all this stuff. We shouldn't be doing this at all in the first place, right? But there's a rare person that speaks out against this, like me. Right? Most folks aren't even speaking out against it. They're just like, "Mm, man, the coronavirus is horrible, and we don't want everybody to die. I get it. I don't want everybody to die either. I think the coronavirus is horrible. I think we do need to be careful. But at the same time, I don't think we need to basically uh, literally put government above everyone, deny everybody choice and agency and freedom, and put the government above everybody to keep us safe. If you trade your security for safety, you'll wind up with neither war than the Founding Fathers. And boy, howdy, do you see that in modern society today? We also talked about in lame duck Congress. Congress should avoid shutdown and pass targeted COVID relief. And I think that's the reality check. You don't want to give everybody a handout. But if you're going to shut people down, there needs to be just fair compensation derived. Lawmakers should reject the $740 billion defense bill, ladies and gentlemen. There's wins and losses in the latest bill, in the latest defense policy bill. Andrew Loss, or Louts, I guess is how you say his name, uh, is the author of that piece for 
um, National Taxpayers Union. Let's see. There's a new House bill that would reform outdated, expensive record system. And uh, in the courts, they're trying to get that squared away, too. We also talked about three surprising facts about international trade and manufacturing. We talked about the U.S. Treasury Department. I guess has now branded Vietnam and Switzerland as currency manipulators. China and nine other countries are on the watch list. We should use tariffs at the borders, ladies and gentlemen. That would be a great way to punish bad actors and to shield the American people from direct taxation. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Microsoft President Brad Smith said in a blog post on Thursday that the suspected Russian cyber attack on multiple government agencies and U.S. companies is effectively an attack on the United States. SolarWinds, which provides software to the government, discovered a breach in its systems this week, allowing hackers to access information from the Treasury, Commerce, and Homeland Security Departments. Lawmakers are gearing up to potentially work on stimulus negotiations through the weekend. Thursday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said the upper chamber will remain on Capitol Hill until a deal is reached. A 58-year-old driver was trapped for over 10 hours after a plow covered his car with almost four feet of snow in upstate New York early Thursday. The man, Kevin Cresson from Owego, New York, suffered from hypothermia and frostbite as his car was without heat due to a broken engine. Kevin was taken to the hospital and is expected to be fine. This is USA Radio News. Newsmax TV is exploding and everyone's talking about it. Now a survey finds that 30 million Americans are watching Newsmax TV all the time. Millions are turning off Fox and President Trump says he loves Newsmax. So watch it and make sure you vote in Newsmax's national poll asking about President Trump conceding the election. It takes a minute. Just text the word NORTH to 39747 and vote instantly. President Trump wants to know your opinion. So text NORTH to 39747 and vote instantly in Newsmax's poll. Plus, watch Newsmax TV with great shows including Dick Morris, Rudy Giuliani, Michelle Malkin, Diamond and Silk, Mike Huckabee, Greg Kelly, Sean Spicer, and more. Newsmax is on all major cable systems. Check your guide or tell your cable operator you want Newsmax like everyone else. Watch Newsmax TV today and vote in their big poll on Trump. Text NORTH to 39747 and let your voice be heard. The Hunter Biden laptop story is not going away. USA Radio News, Dan Naraki has more. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham is renewing his calls for a special counsel to investigate the overseas business dealings of Hunter Biden, son of President-elect Joe Biden. Hunter is currently under investigation for tax issues, and more questions are being raised about his involvement with business interests in China and the Ukraine. The chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee tells Fox News that he'll continue to call for the special counsel to make sure the issue doesn't get buried. We're not going to sweep this under the rug. My big fear is that the media could give a damn about this investigation, and Democrats would gladly sweep it under the rug if they could. They never brought Horowitz before the uh, House Judiciary Committee. They never spent 15 minutes looking at the abuses in Crossfire Hurricane. I'm convinced that the only avenue available is either a special counsel or a Republican Senate to get to the bottom of this. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau. I'm Dan Naraki. USA Radio News. 
live on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. This half hour is brought to you in part by Raw Honey, delivered directly to your door. I'm telling you right now, it tastes fantastic. Here's what I don't. Here's what I like to do. I get myself a piece of that Dave's Killer Bread. You ever had that? I'm just telling you right now, some of the best bread on the planet. Anyway, I get one of those pieces of Dave's Killer Bread and I toast it, and then I put butter, real butter, right? And then I put that raw honey on my. To- I'm telling you right now, just absolutely delicious. And uh, there you have it. You want to learn more and get raw honey delivered directly to your door, get a hold of Kurt, C-U-R-T at LibertyRoundTable.com. Or you can uh, dial 801-669-2211 and talk to Kurt directly and ask questions. And there's a bunch of different kind of flavors of honey based on what kind of plants the honey drive is derived from, right? Uh, and uh, you can also text him at that same number, 801-669-2211. So you can email Kurt, C-U-R-T, at LibertyRoundTable.com. You can text or call 801-669-2211. Or you can go to LocalHoneyMan.com. That's LocalHoneyMan.com. All right, top 1% saw wages soar by 160% since 1979, USA Today. And it just goes to show, you know, a lot of us are struggling to make ends meet, but man, they've really let the rich get richer and the poor get poorer in this country, ladies and gentlemen. America used to be all about the middle class. The middle class is disappearing the more we embrace socialism and communism in America. Sad tale to tell, but true. All right, we also talked about the National Restaurant Association gives a bleak warning to Congress. In a letter, they say, with nearly one in six restaurants closed, the restaurant industry will absolutely crumble if it doesn't receive relief and fast. So there you have it. Our prayers are with the restaurant industry and other um Public venues are in trouble, too. Some of the small businesses are dying on the vine. Big business getting bigger. Amazon's going to have a record year. Yeah. A record year. You know, there you have it. Bitcoin breaks $21,000 after reaching an all-time high of $20,000. So Bitcoin's going way up as people are panicked about the Paper currency, they're losing the confidence game of the paper currency. And they believe that Bitcoin is the answer, going to save them. I believe Bitcoin is a disaster, folks. Write it down and remember who warned you. All right, this idea that there's not a back door, there's not a hack is a lie. Trust you me, write it down. I know everybody's going to go, wait a minute, Sam. I'm a digital technical guy, and I'm telling you right now, they can, this is blockchain, it's public, you can't hack it, it's transparent. No, it isn't, folks. No, it is not. Okay, I'm telling you right now, if you don't believe, if you believe they can create something in the digital world that can't be manipulated, (laughs) you've been absolutely deceived. All right. And we'll get into that. Biden already orchestrating campaign against the Second Amendment, folks. Oh, yeah, he's getting crazy already. And he's not even the president yet. Many say he never will be as the election has been contested like never before in my lifetime. Anyway, I digress, but that's a recap of yesterday's broadcast. Still available online at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Spread the word and donate liberally today, would you please? All right, folks. By the way, my business is called Small Business Tech Guys, sbtechguys.com. If you need uh, consulting for IT or HR or anything else, get a hold of us. would love to help 
you. We have the Discovery Hour. We'll spend a little bit of time assessing your business, giving you a quote, figuring out what makes best sense for you. And uh, you can determine at that same time if you believe we're the people to carry forward that ball for you. Would love to do it, sbtechguys.com. All right, Bloomberg Group urges Joe Biden to undertake gun control by executive order. Yeah. So you already have now the um, gun control folks out in full force. Joe Biden's not even president yet, but they're already putting together serious plans for gun control. Can you believe this? And it's sad. And I know a lot of people are saying, we've got to do something to stop Joe. We've got to dodge this bullet. I get it. But this seems to be what the people want. And you say, why do you say that, Sam? The people didn't even vote for President Trump. That was a vote fraud scenario. I know. But we've allowed our leaders to get so above us, they can do whatever they want to. Forget your opinion or your belief. We, the people in our greater numbers, aren't taking action enough to do anything about it. We just believe CNN and believe Bloomberg and believe all these, you know, hey, Joe's in control and he's already moving forward to do these things. And that's just the way it is, people say. I agree with Janet yesterday on the program where she's like, hey, you know what? Janet Porter's saying, you know, we can't just live with that or accept that. We've got to fight and stand up for liberty and accountability. Amen, Janet. All right. Turns out like Salt Lake City is now giving money to help people to pay their rent. Salt Lake City giving people money to help pay their rent. And again, it's the kind of thing where I don't support that kind of behavior. But at the same time, what if you lock somebody down, shut down their business? They can't make a living. They can't, they're an employee. They can't pay their rent. They work at a restaurant. They work uh, you know, at some kind of public place. Now they can't work and they, their unemployment's running out and whatever else. Do you just let the landlord kick them out of their house or do you help pay their rent? We're creating dilemmas. Uh, We've never crossed these roads before. We've never locked down the healthy or those who claim they're not sick. We just say, oh, you might not know you're sick, but trust me, you're sick. And you're going to make everybody else sick too. We, we've literally, you know, fallen on our sword over that mentality, that belief system, that idea. We've never done that in the history of the world that I know of. All right, Mike Lee, sad to say, disappointed in you, Mike already recognizes Joe Biden as president-elect. Shame on you, Mike. I don't recognize Joe Biden as president-elect, and I'll tell you why. He hasn't been elected. You say, Sam, it's all but over, buddy. These states voted. President Trump put up his court cases, got shot down on every one of them. Uh, The Electoral College has already voted. Come on. I know. I get all that. I understand. But every bit of those things are in serious contesting or contesting stages right now. I know, Sam, but Trump's not going to win. I mean, those contestings are just conspiracy theory crazy. No, they're legitimate due process of law. Sidney Powell's saying, hey, um, you know what? The Supreme Court's slow walking my cases right now. So somebody needs to launch an investigation. Are those cases being intentionally slow walked to run things out of time and give Joe Biden the advantage? If that's true by the courts, then the Supreme justices and other court officials along the way, the appellate courts and everything else, then all those judges are guilty of election manipulation if they're really slow walking her cases. Because we need to get evidence before the courts and prove that evidence. And, you know, you got Tucker Carlson in the mainstream press saying there's no evidence. And then you got courts intentionally slow walking cases so they don't come up. That all amounts to vote fraud and vote manipulation. 
because if there's vote fraud and we can't demonstrate the evidence and so the cases are thrown out, not on the merits of the case, mind you, but on this idea that we're not going to take, you know, hey, Texas doesn't have standing, um, you know, this, that. Well, it might be vote fraud, but it's not enough to make a difference or change the game or whatever. We're not doing all that, folks. But Mike Lee now says he recognizes Joe Biden as president-elect. Shame on you, Mike Lee. Because until Congress has their deadline on the 6th, and until a lot of these contested realities are dealt with, I don't believe that we have Joe Biden-elect. In fact, Joe Biden even promised Mike Lee, just so you know, Joe Biden promised until all the I's were dotted and T's crossed. In other words, it was a done deal that he wouldn't declare victory, and he's already done so against his promise in the debates. Do you remember that? Mitt Romney urges President Trump to move on. Shame on the Utah senators. I don't want to move on. I want accountability because it's not even about Donald Trump. It's not even about this single election. It is partially, but it's about, in my opinion, the bigger picture. It's about saying we cannot allow vote fraud in the country. And if we just let it go now and move on, as Romney says, or declare Joe Biden president-elect when there's vote fraud and allegations without providing the president due process, And judging the merits of the cases, this is interesting. Why are we not even judging the merits of the cases? Because they know full well they'll come up with vote fraud everywhere. That's why. All right, well, while that's going on, we can't just sit idly by. Now, we may eventually be shut down. That's why I say I don't trust the swamp. It's above us. Secret combinations everywhere. Okay, but you know what? We need to fight on, nevertheless. Just because I believe that the system's so corrupt they won't give us justice, that doesn't mean that I don't think we should fight. We should. So I say shame on Mike Lee and shame on Mitt Romney. You two senators are a disgrace. Why don't you stand up and say we've got to know the truth here? Okay, Romney's saying there's no vote fraud. Well, isn't that for the courts to decide in an open, transparent, you know, due process trial? All right, the Director of National Intelligence, do you know who that is? They call him DNI, Director of National Intelligence. His name is John Ratcliffe right now, okay? He said there's foreign interference in the 2020 election. The Democrats used to say that too until their, their guy won. Now they want to pretend it's not happening. But the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, there is foreign interference in our elections. And there's also domestic interference into our elections. We'll talk about it more, and I'll give you more proof on the other side of this short pause. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. 
a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, so there was absolutely vote fraud in the elections, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, what I don't understand is why we have some people claiming that it's not even reality. Move on, move on, move on. What's their agenda, ladies and gentlemen? Why are they so interested in moving on? All right, the director of national intelligence, DNI is what they call him. His name is John Ratcliffe. And John says there was indeed foreign interference into our 2020 elections. Here's the story. There was a hack on a software firm called SolarWinds Orion. All right. SolarWinds Orion. Remember that name, okay? There was a hack on SolarWinds. And this provided hackers access to listen to me. To the U.S. Commerce Department and the Treasury Department. Now, listen carefully, ladies and gentlemen. This also provided hackers access to the Dominion voting machines. Why? Because the Dominion voting systems also used SolarWinds. You got it? Now, you say, what? Sam, I don't know anything about SolarWinds. That's right, because unless you're in the IT industry, you probably haven't heard about them. SolarWinds, ladies and gentlemen, is a company that's pretty much just been... um, well, obscure. Hack brings unwanted attention to obscure but vital IT firm SolarWinds. Okay? So, SolarWinds doesn't want this attention. Okay? They're a Texas-based software company providing vital computer network monitoring capability and services to corporations and government agencies Around the world, okay? But the revelation that elite cyber spies have spent months, listen to me, months secretly exploiting SolarWinds software to peer into computer networks, all right? We're talking about financial 500, you know, I'm sorry, what do they call it? Finan- or 500 Fortune companies? Fortune 500 companies are all on high alert over this. All right, they say it's probably tied to Russia. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, because I say you can't really tell who's hacking. They say they were hiding in plain sight by masquerading uh, their systems. In other words, here's the problem. Since SolarWinds 
since SolarWinds provides software that's designed to make systems secure. It's called endpoint technology to make things simple. Okay. And in this endpoint technology, what happens is you install it on somebody's computer. And that's supposed to basically be able to watch. It's the eyes and ears of security for that endpoint of that system. Well, what happens then, the eyes and ears of that system through SolarWinds becomes your, well, you consider that the secure point. Well, what if you exploit the secure technology and now what you believe is the secure system, the secure mechanism, it's been hacked, right? That's the problem with this thing, all right? So now hack brings unwanted attention to SolarWinds, a well-known to the IT industry, but obscure to the average Joe company, right? This is serious. And so when there's a hack on SolarWinds, they've been virtually hanging out in plain sight. The very security system you had in place was compromised. Now, this directly relates to the Dominion voting systems, ladies and gentlemen. The problem is this story gets technical fast. How do you avoid the technical details of a SolarWinds but help people understand the breach that took place? All right. So imagine this. You have an alarm system on your house. I'm going to bring this to the kitchen table. And I don't want you IT people to call me and say that's a crude example that doesn't fit, Sam. Because I want to put it on the kitchen table. And unless you've got a better way to put it on the kitchen table for everybody, I don't want to hear that it's not an exact or whatever. It isn't exact and it's not a perfect analogy, but it's close. Imagine you have an alarm system on your home. But imagine in that alarm system there's a backdoor code. And that backdoor code somehow... Um, got in the hands of the wrong people and now they're using that backdoor code to get into your home and they're also using that backdoor code to make sure that you don't know because it's it seems so legitimate i mean there's been no breaches there's been no alarms there's been no faults of any kind right so you believe it's all in the up and up now imagine that that company that put in your alarm in this case the equivalent of solar winds Imagine that they don't know that somebody else has got the backdoor code, too. Okay, now, it's not as simple as that because it took some hacking and it took some installing of, of secret software and a backdoor and it, it took a lot of other things to make happen. It's more complicated and sinister and criminal than the example that I give you uh, by, by all means. But the point is the same in that it's going through the front door <clears throat> with a backdoor, right? It's using the system against itself. So there was a hack on a software firm called SolarWinds, Orion. And this hack gave access to the U.S., listen, Commerce and Treasury Departments. Now, if they hacked the Commerce and Treasury Departments, folks, do you think it might affect our money? Eh? Huh? But it also provided hackers access to the Dominion voting systems, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so hack brings unwanted attention to obscure but vital IT firm SolarWinds, a Texas-based software company who provides vital computer network monitoring systems to government agencies and Fortune 500 companies around the world. This is serious, serious. So remember on the radio how I'm the guy that tells you that if you believe a system cannot be hacked, you're wrong. Everything can and will be hacked, okay? It is a reality. And if you're an IT professional, you know that I'm telling you the truth. 
right? Look, there's nothing that can't be hacked. That's why when people run around and tell me, oh, Bitcoin's safe, it's transparent, they got a blockchain, it can't be hacked or manipulated. I say, you don't know what you're talking about. When the Pentagon gets hacked into regularly, when you literally have a hack on this vital IT firm, okay, SolarWinds, these are the people that provide security. Let me give you a comparison. It would be if we used um, an antivirus program, right? You know the names. I don't want to use any names because I don't want to disparage anybody. But imagine if that system was the one spreading the virus. It's like that. The very system you think is supposed to stop the viruses would be the one spreading it. The very system that you think makes your system secure and prevented from being hacked is the one that's being used for the hack. This is very sinister. And it literally caught the Commerce Department and the um, Treasury Departments both got hacked. They're admitting that one. But what the mainstream press is leaving out of the story, ladies and gentlemen, is the Dominion voting systems use solar winds. Okay? This is something serious that people just aren't telling you. I don't know why people aren't telling you about this, but they're not. Where is the mainstream press when you need them? Well, the answer is they want to promote the vote fraud. Um, and what they want to do is just hide it. But what I want to do is tell you the truth. The truth is the Commerce Department and the Treasury Department and the voting systems all got hacked. You say, Sam, how the heck can the hack be so big? How the heck can this even happen, Sam? I'll give you the answer. You ready? The way that the hack can happen and be so big in this case is because, again, they use the very systems that were designed to prevent hacking from happen or happening to be the hack point. <clears throat> right? That's how it's happening. The very systems that are designed to prevent the hack were used to enable the hack. Now, of course, it's unbeknownst to SolarWinds. SolarWinds has taken a beating over this. Why do I know so much about this? Because I deal with SolarWinds and other software solutions in this arena. And I've been aware of them and involved with them uh, as an IT professional for years. Was I using SolarWinds in my business? Nope, wasn't. But just between you and me, it could have been just as easy. SolarWinds was a was a well-known, trusted, stable, reliable, with incredible track record company. Let's not down SolarWinds too much here. Because you know what? They um, were legitimate. And all the other manufacturers of similar type products need to really take stock and analyze now and say, hey, are our systems hardened and protected enough? But it's a race with the bad guys. It's like the digital Cold War. Okay? The bad guys are trying to hack systems. The good guys are trying to prevent the hacks. It's a battle. And sometimes you lose in that battle. But everything is hackable. If anybody tells you different, I'm telling you right now, they're either completely ignorant or lying to you. I don't know which. But a hack brings unwanted attention to this obscure solar winds that literally had Fortune 500 companies Governments and everybody else using their systems all the way down to, and this is what the, the government won't tell you. Why 
is the government telling you that the U.S. Department of Commerce and the U.S. Treasury Department got hacked, but they're not telling you that the demo, the Dominion voting systems were part of that and got hacked. Why aren't they telling you that part? Huh? In my opinion, it's dishonest and disingenuous to leave that part out, right? What on earth is going on here? Well, how many people are reporting it like I am? How many people are doubling down and giving you the deets like we are? On Liberty Roundtable Live, huh? Nobody. And furthermore, how many people are putting it on the kitchen table so you can understand it? Right? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of somebody in charge of of banking who uh, is involved in banking scandals. Or somebody in charge of the border who is slipping people illegally across the border. The very system designed to protect us and stop these things is the very group and or system that's undermining everything we think we're stopping. War on drugs is another issue that comes to mind. You know, we pretend we have a war on drugs, but a lot of the people that are involved in the war on drugs are the ones that are partnership in partnerships to bring drugs into the country. It's that kind of thing. You know, it's the kind of people that say we're going to stop sex, sex exploitation of children. And then it turns out those folks are on the sex exploitation side. Uh, it's a good cop, you know, he's going to, but yet that's the guy that's using his, what do you want to call it, cop credentials as cover to deal in drugs and sex trafficking and everything else. It's that kind of insider trading stuff that they've managed to pull on this thing. There was a hack on solar winds, and it affects Dominion voting machines. And then you got Mike Lee. Okay, Mike Lee and Mitt Romney, my two senators from my state. Mitt Romney saying, move on, Trump, forget it. Mike Lee recognized Joe Biden as president-elect with his vote fraud going on. Maybe you two senators ought to talk to the director of national intelligence, the DNI. His name is John Radcliffe, by the way. He says there is foreign interference in elections. And it's been done through the hack of solar winds and directly related to the Dominion voting machines. Can we get a case in front of the courts that will double down and talk about that? I doubt it. But we will pray for and work towards making that happen ASAP. The security of our nation, the integrity of our elections, absolutely depend on it. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. I've got some incredible guests. I've got one of the attorneys coming up working on the vote fraud scandal in seconds you are listening to the one and only liberty roundtable live god save the republic loving liberty.net Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for December the 18th in the year of our Lord 2020. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country. On your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Without further ado, our special guest today, Jonathan Alexandra. He is senior counsel for government affairs at Liberty Council Action. 
Liberty Council, Liberty Council Action, lcaction.org. Jonathan, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. It's been a while. It has been, and a lot has happened, but thanks so much for having me. All right, so this vote fraud discussion is so mammoth, we'll never have time to get to it all. But what I'm hoping you can do is give me a a 30-second kind of sketch uh, on one, your involvement in this. Um, Liberty Council has been involved even back in the 2000 Chad days of the George Bush Al Gore deal. So they have a lot of experience. It's not your first rodeo. Let's start there and then the start of how you backed into this and what you've been doing, sir. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. So about 20 years ago, of course, uh, the Bush and Gore election that made it to all the way to the Supreme Court uh, saw my boss, Matt Staber, as, as one of the primary litigators, uh, along with a lot of a lot of notable names. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh was a litigator during that time. Uh, John Roberts as well. So those are two gentlemen that are obviously sitting on uh, the Supreme Court. Uh, but my boss, uh, being in Florida at the time, played a critical role in making sure that you know the votes that were cast in favor of Bush were properly recorded for him. And I, and I think it came down to something like 539 votes, of which ultimately uh, was demonstrated. Uh, you know, was was the tipping point to make Florida go to Bush and, and ultimately the election. Um, in this instance, uh, this 2020 election, the numbers are far more drastic and a much more coordinated effort on the parts of individuals who I believe do not want President Trump uh, to be reelected into office. And so they swung uh, these elections in these individual states towards Joe Biden. I was assigned to Pennsylvania, um, barred to practice in Pennsylvania, and I was assigned to one particular county. And you know, I, I can stop for a second and, and, and allow you to ask a question, but I was assigned to, to one particular county where I was able to witness things uh, that were irregularities, irregularities that if they were aggrandized to a national level, certainly demonstrates that there was rampant fraud throughout this election. And let me ask some questions here because I'm convinced there's rampant fraud, and I think it's so many different areas of fraud that it's hard to even get our arms around how many ways the fraud has been committed. A lot of it's complex, even something as a complex but yet as simple as this SolarWinds um, you know, software that got literally hacked. They were supposed to be the guys that were to prevent hacks. Uh, but it was used to literally hack, and Dominion was using those systems. So, you know, it seems to me that rather than doubling down and saying, hey, fraud was intentionally committed, you know, it's enough to be able to say at this point, hey, you know what, they were hacked and they were, um, you know, uh, uh, there was foreign interference in those elections and everything else. It almost seems like it would get half the people off the hook and they might admit to it or at least acknowledge it to some degree. But what I find interesting in the country is the more we uh, document vote fraud, the more they claim you don't have any evidence. I don't understand right. it, Jonathan. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, we're talking about in, in Solar Wind, uh, Solar Winds Orion, a, a company there, as you mentioned, is there to prevent hacks, but had that's such a loophole in their system that not only the U.S. Uh, Department of Commerce and the Department of Treasury have both been hacked through their, uh, I was going to say firewall, but hacked through whatever system that they've put in place, but also now this election. And in Michigan, uh, there was, in one particular county, almost a 70 to 80% error rate in the vote. 70 to 80% error rate in the vote, which is astonishing to have that much of a number of ballots considered uh, hacked. Or how it's done in Michigan is that when 
there is an error rate with regard to even a single ballot. That ballot is placed in a different pile, and it's not counted individually or it's not considered individually. You have one person that takes all of these amalgamated ballots and makes one single determination for them. So here you have a system that allows hackers to come in, sort of taint these ballots, and then you have another person who knows who that individual is able to make a determination on a whole swath of ballots. And that's, now let me stop you there. So there's several problems with that. Number one, the person that tainted the ballot in the first place uh, created this amalgamated ballots. Um, that's really maybe a system. Uh, we say a person because the person engineered right. the system to do that. Uh, but right. then the other person knows nothing about that being done. They're just simply, hey, I'm getting a bunch of ballots. I'm doing my job effectively and appropriately. Uh, on the surface, that seems right. But even so, dealing with a bunch of ballots is one decision uh, isn't honoring the integrity of each ballot on its face. So what I mean is there's parts of this where they know there's fraud, they know there's manipulation right. at least, and there's parts where they don't know. You mix it all together, though, and it's almost so huge people can't believe it even exists, Jonathan. Yeah, and, and that much cr- corruption, and even if it's not intentional corruption, that, that much corruption is can be hiding in plain sight. Uh, one of the things that I experienced in Pennsylvania so the same sort of thing now, let's happened. Be cl- let's be clear. You were the attorney uh-huh. sent uh, by Liberty Council on the ground in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. So uh, the Trump administration actually uh, reached out uh, to me directly and said, you know, okay, me, me a, 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 but, but yeah, so that was my role. And I was assigned to one particular county. I won't I won't name the county because I, I do think the county commissioner is a, is a strong commissioner. And I, I do see your point that you're making earlier that even maybe not every individual was uh, intentioned to be a part of this fraud, but it was out of their hands. I think the system was rigged against them. Nevertheless, this particular and, and that's done up, primarily because there are still good people that wouldn't allow the fraud uh, if they really understood it and or if they really knew. They just kind of think, well, this is the way it's been forever. There can't be anything wrong with it. Um, I'm right. not. I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying there is. There are good people uh, who don't want fraud, but yet who are participating in the fraud unwittingly. Is the real point. Right, and and you're you're absolutely right there. And without uh, that, it I, couldn't happen. Is the point, and that's why I bring it up. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, unwilling participants is, I think, a great way to put it. Innocent individuals, you can't really lay a finger on them because there isn't a, a coordinated network. There's just enough there uh, so that they're they have to participate in the in the corruption. Um, so, so I was able to, to to witness how this occurred in Pennsylvania. You have, you have the idea of, of provisional ballots of individuals that come in outside of precinct or uh, voting at the the wrong booth or their address doesn't match up their name. Something is wrong. They're given this provisional ballot. Well, in this particular county, so there's about 5,800 in this particular county. If you ex- extrapolate that across the state, you can already see the numbers adding up uh, to, to a potentially election shifting amount of numbers. But in this particular county, they take these ballots and they put them in a pile. And it's on one day. Uh, that maybe nine to 12 electors sit around the table, get someone on a Zoom call, and we had to fight in order to get on the Zoom call, right? None of this is done in front of our eyes. It's all done virtually, of course, because of the COVID uh, but, so-called but, but, crisis. But hold on. Isn't that where we claim COVID's allowing them to make this fraud? Uh, by right. law, you're supposed to be able to see it in person, right? And and we fought. Uh, I fought consistently. Uh, for me to be able to witness what was going on. And they would say things, well, you can't be uh, within 12 feet per COVID. I'm like, well, I'm standing right next to you telling 
uh, the solicitor in this particular account. I'm standing right next to you, and you're now going to go back and be with these individuals. So, so if I'm spread something to you, you're going to go back and spread it to them. You'll just cut out the middleman and allow me to do my job. COVID cannot keep me away from my doing my job. I'll be no closer to them than I am doing to you. And after fighting, I mean, days on end, uh, they allowed us to get close enough. But that's that's just uh, leading up to this process where they considered con- provisional ballots. When they actually considered the provisional ballots, it was just done online. Every, I, was, I was sitting in my living room, uh, not even on video. So I think I had a bathrobe on. It was that early in the morning. And they weren't in their offices. They were in their individual homes just considering 5,800 votes. And like I said, extrapolate that over the rest of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Uh, this was a commissioner that I thought was actually being fair. I thought he was actually doing the right thing. But nevertheless, if, if you have that same sort of ability uh, to do things outside of the public eye, do things your own way, there was no uh, national standard. There was no state standard. It was what the commissioners themselves thought was going to be their standard in order to determine what votes were positive or negative. Uh, you can see how easy it would be for a nefarious actor to hack that system or rig the system or manipulate the results to go one way or another. Well, and the commissioner is just saying, look, we got all these taint or these ballots that we're not sure about. Uh, there's a process that's been in place for a while. I didn't put it in place. I'm just following it. That's their kind of view, right? Right, right. I, I will say one thing. This process was done internally. It was done uh, within few, the few weeks leading up to the election. Um, it was out of his control how the internal process was doing because it, you know, it was this nine to twelve person panel that sort of had to go through the work themselves. So they came up with their own process. He just sort of signed off on it, and he said publicly, um, "I can't believe they changed the system during a national election." He said, "We had a municipal election last year. We could have done it then. We have another municipal race next year. We could have waited till then to do this in a national election." was just waiting for us to fail. And he said that publicly, he said, I'll go on the record, said they were waiting for us to fail. And someone looks at that and says, well, all right, so here's one person saying that we're failing. But if you put that in context of of what a failed election means, it means you cannot trust at particular counties' election results, can't trust the state's election results because it was that close. And as we're seeing all across the country in Georgia and certainly in Michigan, as you mentioned, with the solar wind Dominion hackers, you can't trust it in Michigan. You can't trust an election across the country on such narrow margins where there was nefarious actors and admittedly individuals saying that this election has failed. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Jonathan Alexandra with us. Liberty Council action on your radio. Hang tight. Stay there. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. 
Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. This vote fraud thing is serious. I just don't understand a lot about it in terms of how can some literally document fraud to the point where it is undebatable, but yet others are saying, huh, it doesn't even exist. Tucker Carlson said, there's just no fraud. You can't prove it. There's no proof. And literally walked away from the discussion. Um, it is beyond imagination, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. Jonathan Alexandra with us, Liberty Council Action. He's an attorney. He was on the ground in Michigan, sent there by uh, request of President Trump and others. Hack brings unwanted attention is the tip of the iceberg. But here's the question. Director of National Intelligence, they call him a DNI, right? Director of National Intelligence, John Ratcliffe, says there was foreign interference in our elections, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not just a Michigan guy saying it. It's all the way to guys like that at the top, and others are saying systems were hacked, and people like you who have investigated. And I mean, how much evidence do we need, sir? Yeah, and just quick modification. So I was on the ground in in Pennsylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania. I'm sorry. Yeah, but what we were discussing at the time were like physical, either mail-in ballots, but physically written out ballots, things that at least are in paper. You know, I, I was able to see the envelopes despite what I mentioned before, there was so much room for error and fraud in actual physical paper, not to mention uh, what you're referring to in Michigan, where things are done online or via computer, uh, where folks are, are showing up and just plugging or pushing numbers. And you expect that, you know, it's transferring through the wires and it's doing accurately and there's no middleman. We've obviously seen that this system was set up not only to cause errors and have these ballots you know, sort of put in the pile where they would be considered as a whole and not an individual vote. But at, at the same time, any records that should have been kept, anything that should allow for a clean audit was wiped away. And, it, you know, it's not like this is an election that was done 60 years ago or 30 years ago or 10 years ago when the Internet, you know, first started getting involved with elections. But this is an election that was done within the last few months to have the records erased from of modifications done to a system for an election in the last few months, you have to pause and ask the question, well, why would someone do that? And who stands to benefit? And then you, you put that information and in, in, in your clear reasoning, extrapolate that to the rest of the country and say, well, obviously 
something was missed. Obviously, something was a front, and that's what the court system is there to adjudicate. That's certainly what the lawyers have been presenting from day one, and I think that's what a good number of Americans are realizing happened in our election. So what's going to happen? In my opinion, if we've got that kind of out fraud and the courts won't take it, I mean, does the president use an executive order and have a military tribunal deal with this? I mean, if the courts won't, Congress won't touch it or whatever else. And when at some point you got to have accountability here. And I don't want a military kind of a tribunal because I, I'm concerned that the president gets too much power that way. It might be fine right. if it's Trump, some would say, but what happens when it's Joe? So what I mean is we need to be very, very careful here. At the same time, we need accountability, Jonathan. No, I think you're right. One one thing that we are encouraging people to do, so in the process of the Electoral College being counted, uh, both the House plays a role, but the Senate plays a role. And the role that the Senate plays, um, any individual senator, Republican or Democrat, but certainly your Republican senator, can object. And all they have to do is raise an objection to the process, and it forces it to a debate. I think it's a simple majority vote, which we would have. It'd be, you know, 51 um, in our favor with the tie-breaking vote potentially coming from Vice President Mike Pence, just to debate it, just to say, hold on a minute, let's look at the evidence that we have in front of them. And ultimately, they can decide not to uh, certify or push this process forward. Uh, at the same time, individual state legislators, they can still withhold their electoral college votes from Joe Biden. And we're not saying that they have to give it to Donald Trump. We're not making that argument. They can just withhold it and allow the state delegates to determine who the president is. We're so making the argument that there's evidence and due process needs to happen. Right, absolutely. Okay, go ahead. And, and there, yeah, and, and there's several paths forward for that to happen. Uh, there just needs to be the political will. And I think that's, that's one thing that you know your radio show is, gonna, is, is critical at playing. That's one thing that we're hoping to do now is letting individuals know that, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's been ignored uh, this is potentially, if you're living in Michigan or in Pennsylvania or in Georgia, this is what happened to your vote. It was just tossed out. Like, you could follow the paper trail and know that your vote did not count, or if it counted, it went the other way. Uh, here's the sort of incentive that you need to build up the political will uh, to get your rep- representative to, to stand up on your behalf. What about in states that no one's talking about, though? They all had mail-in ballot, too, and it may not be as, quote, fraudulent, may not be paper like Pennsylvania, may not be digital like Michigan or whatever else, maybe a hybrid of or one or the other or whatever. But I'm not convinced that the other states don't have the same kind of a problem, um, even without bad actors literally being on the ground, per se, meaning, meaning it might not be as bad, but it still could be tainted at the sources you bring up. Yeah, and I, and I think we will do well to pay attention to that. Uh, there can be independent audits, and it does not take that long for an independent body to audit their individual elections. I encourage and empower local state GOP offices to demand an audit of their electors to say, hey, we've been you know, taken out of this process or we don't feel like this process goes well or we're seeing this national narrative play out. We want to just make sure that you did it the right way. Uh, one thing that we're still encouraging is that individuals that observe things that went wrong uh, to, to make an affidavit, get a sworn statement of what you saw, what you witnessed, you know, get a notary public to, to stamp that name, that, that date and time, and hold that as an affidavit that you can submit to a legal team ultimately uh, in the process of an audit or if this court process, as it continues to play out, that you can join your voice uh, in, in opposition to what was an election fraud. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen. Jonathan, what about dead people voting and, and some of these other things? <laughs> There's things there that, that are just beyond debate. Anybody in their honest right mind would have to say, well, I agree that's a problem. They're not even admitting yeah. they're dealing with that, are they? Yeah, we, we witnessed. Uh, we have a log, and it's on our website. We have to share it. A log of people that were 100 and 200 years old voting, right? You know, I'd, I'd probably err on the side of the opinion of a 200-year-old voter. I think they'd probably cast their vote the right way. But how many 200-year-olds oh, do you know are walking up to the polls, right? Just, just you know, and not to mention the dead people or the people that were married and left state. My wife was able, if she wanted to, vote four times in this election. So she got the mail-in ballot uh, from her previous state. She was able, if she wanted to, because of her previous address, to still go to the polls and vote in that state. But also here in the new state that we lived in, she got a mail-in ballot and was also able to walk into the polls. So her as an individual, if she wanted to, could have voted four times. Now imagine she was in the fairs or imagine all the people that were poorly intentioned that wanted to do this or people that didn't even know that they had a mail-in ballot sent to their previous address to which could have been filled out or the individuals that filled out their vote properly but because there you know, were bad ballots placed in that same bin or in that same pile, had their vote tossed out. Uh, so there's so, so many ways that uh, errors could have occurred. They used the pretext of COVID to uh, shake up the system, and look who stood to benefit. The you know a party that has has been known to push bad narratives uh, of you know election interference, false uh, narratives of election interference of the past four years. A party that didn't have the overwhelming support. I mean, even if you look at the rallies, you can see that no one was championing uh, a Joe Biden presidency. But nevertheless, overnight between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m., to have an entire election flip and then to have all these uh, not only mail-in ballots but electronic voting uh, have, have fraudulent occurrences with them, it's, it's just too convenient. You can almost see it coming uh, in those who stood to benefit uh, was was this man Joe Biden? Well, and the dead Americans vote uh, using those ballots and everything else. This could not be an accident. Uh, the other things we've been talking about to date could be, um, you know, a system that's faulty, maybe not intentionally, or you know, others not really realizing uh, the system they have is flawed. But well-intended people are not really understanding the system. But this points to direct intentional action, right? Yeah, yeah. So maiden names. Uh, is a huge place for, for fraud to happen. Uh, dead individuals and individuals that, that were registered because there's a social security number or, or a name attached to them, right? There's, they're in a log somewhere and someone decides to register them. I think we, we ought to, <clears throat> if this you know continues to go the trend that it's going and you know there's a president-elect Joe Biden, I think we ought to sincerely pay attention to Georgia where you have you know, another runoff election for a Senate that could tip the balance of the Senate. You have a, a Stacey Abrams who's already said that she has, you know, about a million people registered to vote. And you're asking, where, you know, where did these million people come from? Uh, so so there, there are still votes coming up. There's still elections coming up that will tip and, the balance. And how would she even know the nation. numbers? Do you have a quick second to stay exactly. with me a little longer, Jonathan? Or do you got to fly? Absolutely. I, right. I, I, I stick around. All right. Stay there. I got a few more questions for you because there's just some things I don't understand. Okay, and, and I don't know how we go about the solutions is, is part of the problem. Uh, Jonathan with us, ladies and gentlemen. He was on the ground in Pennsylvania watching this whole contentious thing go down on assignment.
protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Georgia's Secretary of State announced a statewide signature matching effort for the November election. President Trump's campaign claimed voter fraud and has requested that Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger execute the audit. Signatures for absentee ballots in all of Georgia's 159 counties will be reviewed. Biden has a less than 12,000 vote lead in Georgia. The Hunter Biden laptop is exposing the Biden family's close financial ties to communist China. The story censored by social media and mainstream media before the election is not going away. Joe Biden is attempting to change the narrative on CBS. We have great confidence in our son. Uh, I am not concerned about any accusations been made against him. It's used to get to me. I think it's kind of foul play, but uh, look, it is what it is. The laptop also shows Hunter doing drugs and contempt pornography. USA Radio News. We've all heard it. Eat healthy. But what does eating healthy mean? Sure, there are countless diets out there, but they contradict each other. Yet all experts agree we should eat a diet rich in fruits and vegetables. Whole fruits and vegetables are the perfect fuel to power the cells in your body, giving you the stamina you need to handle your day-to-day activities. And that's what Balance of Nature is, whole fruits and vegetables delivered to you in a convenient capsule form for only 22 cents a serving. Our proprietary blend has no additives or fillers, just the full nutritional value of a variety of 31 different fruits and vegetables. Balance of Nature provides you with a natural energy boost without a caffeine crash, a three o'clock slump, or an early bedtime. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself by going to balanceofnature.com or by calling 1-800-246-8751 and use discount code USA. SolarWinds is the software company providing the U.S. government with security on their computers. A major flaw allowed suspected Russian hackers to get in and exploit some of the highest levels of government. USA Radio News' Tim Berg digs deeper. Two House committees are launching an investigation into the widespread cyber attacks on U.S. government systems. The attacks are thought to have been launched from Russia. A statement from House Homeland Security and Oversight Committees warned about potentially devastating consequences for U.S. national security. The Department of State, Homeland Security, and Treasury Secretary have all been targeted. Republican Senator from Florida Rick Scott saying, If Russia is going to do these type of things uh, against our system, and then we ought to be very aggressive to make sure that, one, they get no benefit out of it, and actually they're harmed out of it. We, if you, you can't let sit here and just say, oh, please don't do it again. That audio, courtesy of Fox News, from the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. USA Radio News. Jonathan Alexandra with us, ladies and gentlemen, attorney on the ground in Pennsylvania, or Jonathan Alexandra, uh, on the ground for Liberty Council action on assignment, if you will, from Liberty Council, but requested by President Trump and others, literally doubling down and documenting vote fraud. His role in Pennsylvania, by the way, is to prevent election fraud by witnessing and preserving information for the courts. That's Jonathan's role. Literally confirmed dead Americans' identities were used to vote, proving uh, intention. A couple quick questions for you, Jonathan, then I know you got to fly. Um, 
what's going to happen here? Are we going to really have accountability and truth and set this thing right, or are we just going to move ahead knowing that vote fraud is part of our reality? Yeah, so there's there's the real answer, which, you know, it's a, probably a single percentage chance uh, that something dramatic is going to happen in the next few weeks and, and overturn this election or, or vote or force a revote. And that's, that's the unfortunate truth. Um, you know, the, the Supreme Court, uh, you know, certainly had the opportunity when Texas brought their suit and decided that Texas didn't have standing. There's still a path forward for an individual candidate, uh, Donald Trump, as an individual. He would have standing. He could fight in the courts, and it would make its way back up to the Supreme Court, and they'd have to rule on the merits of the case. Um, I, I honestly don't see the Supreme Court granting the relief that w- that we are all searching for, which is a at a minimum a revote, um, or at a, you know another solution would be not allowing the uh, sec- secretary of the Senate to uh, to call the election, and so you'd pass it down to the state delegates, of which there are I think twenty six or twenty seven Republican state delegates, and so they would you know, ostensibly cast a vote in favor of Trump. Uh, so th- so there were a few paths forward. There still are a few paths forward. But if I'm going to be real and, you know, I have to, to wage in reality, I think there are probably a single-digit percentage of that actually happening. Does Donald move forward with an executive order or something like that to uh, deal with this? Um, I'm concerned about that action. I understand why people want to do it, and I get yeah. that at some point you got a constitutional crisis on your hands. If we allow vote fraud to move forward and the courts won't deal with it, they play games with the word standing. I don't know who would have standing, per se, if you can never get there in time. Uh, the right. emergency nature of this is why we think that Texas and other states have standing to say, hey, the candidate doesn't have the ability to go through the process properly, um, and so we have to you know, stand up and be half of kind of a thing the the voters here but 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 what happens do we do we do a military kind of a thing well what i what i will say and i've said this from from the outset of this fight it's a lot easier to fight now in these next few weeks than to spend the next four years with an uphill battle i mean a department of justice led by kamala harris you know department of education led by uh, joe biden all the 27 agencies of the federal government they're led by uh, these these corrupt politicians, folks that have had full careers demonstrating that they were against life, they're against liberty, they're against the family. It, it's a much harder fight fighting them for the next four years than standing up and being counted in these next few weeks and, and, and doing all the efforts that we can now. So I hope that that option is on the table. I hope that the president is you know is willing. He's certainly able to move forward with an executive order I, I would encourage it i would encourage anything that brings light to the fraud that has happened this election and that hopefully leads to a revote i'd encourage that to happen uh, because it's worth fighting in these next few weeks uh, because it will be a much tougher battle going up against the full arm of the federal government if it's in a biden harris control now, Biden promised to tell the, all the I's dotted and T's crossed. He promised uh, during the debate that he wouldn't declare victory. He got caught lying. He's already yeah. done it. But the next head, a deadline for us, really, or, or line, if you will, is January 6th. Congress is really the place where we would be able to, um, in my opinion, apply pressure and make the biggest difference at this point. Is that right? Yeah, I think you're right. So there, you can still object to the process when you're in Congress. An individual senator, all he has to do is get up and say, uh, we object to this process. It'd be, I think it's a simple majority vote, 50, 
51 votes cast that they'd have to retire and go and debate this and ultimately come back with, hey, we need more information to consider. And they have, there's enough, there's enough speed bumps to this election for them to come back and say that we need more information there. The second thing that can be done is that the electors do not offer their, you know, they don't even have to offer it for Trump. They can just not give it to Biden, saying that we're not sure that Biden probably earned these votes. And then it'll go to individual state delegations, of which there's 27 or so, 26, 27 uh, Republican state legislatures that would ostensibly cast their vote uh, for a second term for President Trump. The issue, ladies and gentlemen, here is transparency, due process of law, and honesty, and that's what we're calling for. We're not saying that we're against Joe. We're just simply saying we want an honest, transparent uh, vote, and that's what we are pushing for. Jonathan, final word. Yeah, well, appreciate it. Uh, What we're doing here is critically important. Your listeners play a very important role. You just mentioned uh, what Joe Biden said, he said that he wouldn't uh, declare victory. The reason he declared victory is so that he could have folks emotionally vested in his president-elect, right? Uh, the mistake, uh, harping back to the work that we did 20 years ago, the mistake that the campaign manager said in Bush v. Gore was that they didn't declare victory and they didn't have enough public opinion thinking that Gore was president such that it was easy for them to swallow the fact that Bush was going to be president. What Joe Biden did in declaring victory was just that, just having folks emotionally vested to it. But we know that our opinion uh, is on the right side, will ultimately be on the right side of history. And so the work that you're doing on this radio, hopefully the work that we're doing at Liberty Council and that Trump's lawyers are doing all across the country is to ensure that our opinion is heard, that our votes are properly counted, that legal votes are counted, and that illegal votes are tossed out. And I do believe when this fraud is shown for what it is that Americans will understand um, that Donald Trump fairly won this election. There's no doubt we need to take the case to the media and to the people because the courts aren't willing to listen. Um, Last point, why can't we start arresting people along the way that we know have been involved in fraud? Don't we have the ability to pin the tail on the donkey in terms of certain people that have committed criminal acts? That's a good That's a good point. Federal Election Commission, while they don't have an arm that can go out and arrest, you can certainly have the Department of Justice, who has prosecutors, throw some of these bad actors in jail. And there are a lot of places we can start. They're self-admitted. Uh, like I said, the, the commissioner is saying that we should not have done this. This was a broken system. Uh, that's a place we can start. Um, even, you know, just a neutral actor, uh, not to mention these more nefarious actors that, that certainly were a part of, I think, a, a grand conspiracy, a grand thing to overturn the results of this election. God bless you, sir. Our prayers are with you. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. They're doing a phenomenal job, as always, Jonathan. Wow, folks, this guy was on the ground. He saw fraud firsthand. He's documenting it. His job for Liberty Council Action, lcaction.org, is to literally preserve information for the courts that's vote fraud so they don't destroy it, etc. Literally documenting dead people voting right on through. I mean, this isn't funny. Uh, but you got to laugh so you don't cry. Sheriff Mack, welcome. <laughs> That's for sure, Sam. Anyway, great, great guest. So I'm going to put you on hold for that. Uh, now, you've got some stuff to report. Let's just start there, sir. Well, I would I would say this about the election, uh, since how he uh, kind of got my election juices uh, flowing. I've, I've watched uh, 
a video about it and looked at several different reports and there's one report that's out there that's it looks like you know it's like reading a 500 page book but um uh, just let me say this about the election uh, trump had made it very clear in uh two or three different uh worldwide speeches that he gave uh and he gave one before the united nations one i can't remember the name of the place but it was some global meeting um uh, in Europe or the Middle East, or I can't remember where. But anyway, he was making it very clear to the world that uh, he was against the globalist agenda, that he was against the socialistic movement uh, in America uh, and the communist movement, and that he was going to stand against it. And then he said even very clearly, um, any great leader would always put his country and his people first. And he, so he was make he was doubling down on his message to the world that he would take care of America first and that he would stand firmly against socialism and globalism. And uh, then right after that guess what happened? The pandemic, the so-called pandemic started. And that's where you and I wanted to talk today, and that is because I have become a a victim or a number of the so-called pandemic. I've been very sick for the last 10 days. I have tested positive for uh, COVID-19, and uh, I'll get you the rest on the other side. And the problem, ladies and gentlemen, is a lot of people are getting sick, but the covid 19 tyranny imposed by health experts, pro-lockdown officials, and the so-called mainstream media continues uninterrupted. That's the big problem. Let's talk about it. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still-industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us 
to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, ladies and gentlemen, a very sick Sheriff Richard Mack can't stay with us long. He doesn't have the energy, but he wants to double down and chime in here. So he got sick and tested positive for the COVID. Sheriff? Yes. Uh, I've, As you know, I've uh, retired from teaching. And uh, the last day I was supposed to be there was the 17th. And so I actually missed my last week of school and two days of the week before that. In fact, uh, somebody substituted for me that you and I both know very well, Rick Dalton, uh, sub for me, even though he had some other plans. He very magnanimously uh, uh, helped me out there because I, I'm required to get my own subs, even though I was too sick to do so, I, I think. But uh, uh, it's, I started getting a cough at school on Tuesday. I think that was the 8th. Yeah, the 8th. And... Uh, we we had planned a Christmas uh, adventure with Lucy and her family, and uh, I, I'm we missed it. And in fact, Don was still going to try to go and leave me home alone sick, and uh, because I were I really was just kind of coughing at the time. And then that that night, I really got so sick, uh, the sickest I've been in a, that I can remember in a long time, and I can't remember a time where I was that sick, but I'm sure maybe I have been, but, uh, I got a, a fever of 101 and chills and body aches. I could hardly move. It was difficult to breathe. And the thing that just kept going over and over in my mind, um, was that I have a preexisting condition and you know, uh, that I've had two heart attacks. Uh, I'm still bewildered by the heart attacks because I was always so athletic and in shape and always working out and blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, I, I, I admit I, I don't eat as well as I should. You know, uh, As you know, my, one of my vices is uh, frozen custard. But anyway, be that as it may, I was getting kind of scared about how sick I was feeling. And I thought, oh, no, this is going to compound the problem because of my heart attack and and, and my heart attack experiences, uh, which the last one was January of 2015. Uh, but uh, two years ago, two and a half years ago, I had another stent put in, but it, it, and we avoided the heart attack. I was getting some warnings of tightness and shortness of breath, and they hurried and put another stent in. So I've had three stents and two heart attacks. So that just kept going over and over in my mind uh, because I said, oh, this has got to be COVID. There's no question it's got to be COVID. And uh, we tried to set an appointment to get tested, and and then finally uh, we got one, and it's at the uh, football stadium in Glendale, Arizona, north of Phoenix. And we went there, and we got tested. Now, the way we got tested was the way I wanted to get tested. It was saliva only, and you have to spit in a little vial, 
and um, which mean which now means they've taken your DNA and put it on record too. Correct. Yes. And and so I uh, I did the test, and about a day and a half later, it came back a positive result that I did have COVID. And Don also, even though Don was not very symptomatic, uh, it showed that she had it too. She had a couple of symptoms, and you know, she was coughing a little bit, and but uh, she had no fever. And then one day she kind of had some body aches, and another day she had chills. It nothing even close to me. But the good news was, uh, I I was taking uh, I I doubled and tripled my dose of uh, the global healing products that we have available on our website. And I really believe in Dr. Group and, and his uh, immunity prevention products. And so I was taking zinc and vitamin C and iodine and uh, several other things uh, uh, with his. You got to add a massive dose of vitamin D along with that. Oh, yes. And I did a lot. And um, and I still have it here. And I totally believe in these. And then my fever broke after like 15 hours. And I thought, oh, good, I'm getting better. Uh, this is all doing really super well. And for about two days, I was getting much better. And then on Saturday, it, it really turned bad. And it, it uh, uh, I did not get a fever again, but I got, uh, it's kind of embarrassing, uh, but I got really bad diarrhea and uh, vomiting. And I mean really bad. I could not hold water down. No matter what I was taking, all of the uh, products, that, uh, aforementioned products, vitamin C, all of it, I was throwing everything up. And it was uh, draining me physically. I just, I was dry heaving and I just, I don't know, it felt, it felt really, really uh, drastic. But you didn't go to the hospital. No. Uh, and my nephew, Adam, is a ER nurse for COVID-19. He's also a nurse in an ICU unit for COVID-19. So he's very familiar with it. And uh, I call him and uh, I talk to my own son, who's also a nurse, but he doesn't have the experience that Adam does around COVID-19. So Adam came over, and he gave me an IV. He says, you've got to have an IV. And so right here at home, he gave me a, an IV. So I got fluids back in me, and uh, that that uh, seemed to do the trick. Uh, I was still taking a lot of vitamin C, and Dr. Group was calling me twice a day to, to check on me and to see how my doses were going, and and uh, he he was amazing. Um, and so was Adam. And so after that, I started improving. Uh, and it was kind of gradual. And so today marks, let's see, Saturday. So it's been 12 days, 11 days since I uh, got it. And uh, I'm, I feel a lot better. I do not have my energy back yet. I'm still nauseated, although I am eating. Uh, which yesterday was basically the first day I was really eating. I, I had a few snacks here and there before that, and some fruit and and uh, some toast, some and some fruit juice. But yesterday I really uh, I had three meals, very small meals, but I had three meals, 
And today I had a, a little bit of fruit and some uh, juice, and and I am keeping things down now, but I'm still very nauseated. And, and very uh, weak, and that's why we're not having the sheriff on uh, for very long today, and that's why we haven't had him on for the last couple of weeks. Well, another thing know. happened that i got to tell you that was really a surprise. And I had vertigo. I was so dizzy, Sam, I could not even stand up. I could not walk. And it was, that was really scaring me. So I was telling all my medical people and Dr. Group and Adam and my son, uh, this dizziness is really scary. And uh, they were saying, oh, it was, you know, side effects have taken, oh, and by the way, uh, I did get a prescription for hydroxychloroquine. Uh, I've been taking that for, um, I was taking it for a couple of days and then I got off of it because I thought it was causing the dizziness. So I quit for two days and then I'm back on it and it seems to really be helping. So with all the natural vitamins and vitamin C and, and D and uh, all of that, uh, I think that the worst is over. All right. Now, Fauci's coming out right now and saying, hey, Sheriff, uh, Fauci blames the American independent spirit is the reason for the rise in COVID cases. Well, I, and he's I, saying, I, I wanted to address that. And, 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 I and let me tell you what he's saying first. He's saying you shouldn't be with your family for Christmas, buddy. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, we did for Thanksgiving, and we had a great time with Josh and his family in Texas. And uh, uh, none of us wore masks inside the house. We had a great time. I love my two little granddaughters, Ashton and Tatum, and we had a great time. And Josh made a great Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, it, it, it was, I'm not changing anything else, and I would tell this to the world. Uh, I don't know how bad of a case for sure I had. Uh, cause there were a couple of times there I thought I was dying. Uh but everybody I talked to said I didn't need to go to the hospital. And and I said, man, if my breathing gets any worse, it might be too late to get there. Uh, but uh, I will say this. If I, had, if I was on my deathbed, I would have written a note to the world uh, that uh, I, I would, do not want to give up my liberty for a, a, a little bit of uh, help. Uh, I do not trust anything. I do not trust Fauci at all. I think he's a crook. And I do not trust any of this. I believe that the COVID was started and released to go after Donald J. Trump. And I believe that, that none of these people that are trying to shut us down care one iota about your health or mine. By the way, CNN openly says this. Don't be alarmed if people start dying after taking the vaccine. It's the elderly, and they were going to die anyway. Uh, it's not really a big deal. It's not the vaccine's fault. What a farce. Yeah, what an yeah, They're literally saying that stuff. And a California judge now rules that San Diego strip clubs can stay open. They say it's kind of a problem for Newsom. Um, I'm not for really strip clubs, but I am saying at least people are starting to rule that we can open things up, which is a good news piece. CDC also now reveals that hospitals counted heart attacks as COVID-19 deaths, Sheriff. Of course. Of course. So there's been so many lies about it, Sam, and uh, I'm still of the mode, give me liberty or give me death. 
uh, I, I, if, if I were to die of this or anything else or a heart attack, uh, you know what? Most of that was my choice, and uh, it, it was my lifestyle and also genetics. I don't know why I got the heart attacks I did, uh, but I did. I don't know why I got covid but, but, but here's the point. They say if you would get COVID and get really sick or die or someone close to you would die, you'd change your tune. And now you've been super duper sick. And your response is? I'm not changing my tune at all, Sam. I love this country and I love freedom. And I hate the tyrants and the self-appointed Hitlers that want to destroy America. And the the Newsoms and Whitmers and Ainsleys and uh, Cuomo's, uh, those guys are so anti-American. They do not care about our health. They care about control and power and and winning an Emmy. And th- these people are the real crooks in America. And if if I die, uh, you know what? Uh, that's okay with me. We're about flat out of time, ladies and gentlemen. Some people say if somebody close to you died, you'd change your tune. Well, just so you know, in the last four days, I have a foster sister. And the COVID killed her. And I'm telling you right now, I'm quadrupling down for the sacred cause of liberty. The shutdowns Amen. have got to stop. The denial of liberty, if we trade our uh, liberty for supposed security, we'll wind up with neither. And uh, so those of you who say, you know what, um, if you get it really bad or if you have somebody close to you, you'll change your tune. You lie. And we're quadrupling down in favor of liberty over this tyranny. Um, COVID's bad. I agree. It's nothing it to play with. But at the same time, the denial of liberty over it is unwarranted. And we better stand up now is the final point. Sheriff, get some rest. Godspeed, brother. Thanks, Sam. See you soon. LibertyRoundtable.com. LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States.